Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK Tom Kelly on a very special day. For Philadelphia sports fans, I mean, what a day this is. Eagles now 11-1 and following their 35-10 drubbing of the Tennessee Titans. I mean, that game was a complete blowout start to finish. Eagles dominate Tennessee. And then a day later, just this just breaking moments ago, right as I'm sitting down to uh, record this podcast, the Phillies signed Trey Turner to an 11-year, $100 million, or $300 million contract, $100 million, that would be quite the bargain, but a $300 million contract over 11 years for Trey Turner, the Phils get their guy, and, you know, get a a top-notch shortstop to really solidify that position and solidify the top of the order, so we'll get through all that, we'll get to the Trey Turner thing at the end of the show here, But typically, these are Eagles reaction podcasts, and we need to talk about what the Eagles did yesterday. Because over the last couple weeks, and you know, obviously, this team, you don't get to 10 and 1 without it being extremely impressive. I mean, that's a difficult thing to attain in the NFL. All these teams are talented. You see week to week teams that you'd never think would lose a game, lose a game. And That's only happened to the Eagles once so far this year. They slipped up against Washington a couple weeks ago, and let's really face it. I mean, over the last month or so, really starting with that Houston game, the Eagles have won the majority of their games, but they haven't been, you know, overly impressive. Um, That Houston game close in the first half, Eagles kind of pull away late. They have the slip up against Washington. They beat Indianapolis on a day when the offense wasn't very good. And then they beat Green Bay on the day when the defense wasn't very good. And, you know, it's led to questions and whether this team could put it all together at once. And that's exactly what they did yesterday. And when you look at what that game yesterday looked like and why it was so impressive, the Eagles did things that that we had questions about whether they could could do consistently. I mean, obviously, this team, ever since Jalen Hurts was made the starting quarterback, has been built around running the football. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. When you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, that's what you're going to do. I mean, a a big part of what makes him unique and what makes him successful is his legs. And you utilize that in the running game. It opens things up for Miles Sanders, opens things up in a variety of ways. Jalen Hurts running with the football, even in passing situations, you know, scrambles, those kind of plays. That's stuff we didn't see very much yesterday. I mean, this was Jalen Hurts, arguably his most impressive game ever as a passer, really wasn't looking to scramble, really wasn't looking to run. His throws downfield were beautiful. I mean, his two touchdown passes to A.J. Brown, those balls can't be thrown any better. 
And as we continue through this season and continue on this journey with Jalen Hurts, and it really is interesting, like when you are starting out with a quarterback and you're questioning whether this guy is going to be or can be the quarterback to carry your organization in the future, it's games like these that make you believe definitively yes. And I thought going into yesterday, Jalen Hurts, the franchise quarterback, like it's not a matter of if you're going to give him that big money contract. It's a matter of when and how much. But these kind of games even silence the doubters and just need to make your conviction in this guy even stronger. I mean, the way that Tennessee defense is not bad. They held Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals a week ago to 20 points. And Jalen Hurts carved him up, completely carved him up, was efficient through the year, nowhere he's going with the football every single time. And just a really, really impressive performance. And one that you want to see from a team who is a Super Bowl contender. Like, obviously, we're at this point in the year when you're 11 and 1, you start thinking about, you know, loftier expectations or goals than you had at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, a division title would have been largely viewed as a success for this team. Division title, playoff win, no doubt. But as you go along here, as you move forward, the goals change. And now you're looking at a team where you're questioning, can they win a Super Bowl? And a big part of the reason why I believe the answer to that is yes, is what we've seen over the last three weeks. Like, yeah, I know against Indianapolis, against Green Bay, the Eagles as a team didn't play a full, complete game. Like, obviously against Indy, the offense was pretty bad for three quarters. Against Green Bay, the defense didn't play very well, really, that entire night. But when you look at what they've done, the ability to win different ways is what you need to do to be a Super Bowl team. Not a lot of teams can do it. Like, there are certain teams where if you're playing their style, they can beat you. You know, and and look at the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys, they can win shootouts. I don't know if they can win 20 to 17 games. You know, most teams who are contenders, and what separates the, the, the real Super Bowl contenders from the teams kind of on the periphery of that debate, is the ones that can win different ways. A lot of teams can either only win shootouts or only win defensive games or only win running the football primarily, only win passing the ball primarily. You look at the Eagles this season, they've won all different sorts of ways. Minnesota, Washington earlier in the year, you win those games of defense. You know, you're basically pitching shutouts those entire games. There have been games when the Eagles have needed to win shootouts. I mean, Detroit, Green Bay, You've had games where the defense has kind of kept you in it while the offense has struggled, Indianapolis. But you've been waiting for these kind of performances where you go out against a good team and you just put them away and step on their throat. And that's what the Eagles did. An incredible victory and an incredible win for Jalen Hurts. Now, as great as Jalen has been, I do think, you know, and I think this is kind of a provincial thing where people will say Jalen Hurts has got to be the MVP. I don't believe Jalen Hurts is the MVP. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts is certainly a a name that belongs in the conversation. I still would not put him over Patrick Mahomes. I think a guy like Joe Burrow has just as good a claim as well. I mean, Joe Burrow, where would the Cincinnati Bengals be without him? You see what they were as an organization before he came in and what they are now. That's strictly because of one guy. Like, that's because of one player. I don't think it's necessarily that with Jalen Hurts. Um, Now, do I think the Eagles are... 11-1 and one with, with just any other quarterback? Absolutely not. 
But there's no doubt Jalen does have a ton of, of tremendous pieces around him. So while I think his name belongs in that conversation, I wouldn't have him as my MVP right now. Number one would be Patrick Mahomes. Number two at this point probably would be Jalen. But then, you know, I'd probably have Joe Burrow three, Josh Allen four. Uh, there are a, a ton of guys in the mix. But as I said, I mean, Jalen, with all the pieces around him, just makes him so much better. And to his credit, he's able to take advantage of those pieces and capitalize. And, and um, one of those pieces is A.J. Brown. And what a game for A.J. Brown yesterday. And you knew going into that game, A.J. Brown was going to be fired up. You know, that's a Tennessee Titans team that, let's face it, they had every opportunity to bring A.J. Brown back. He said that's where he wanted to be. You know, he said he wanted to spend uh, the remainder of his career in Tennessee, and they basically decided it was a better idea to let him walk. That's turning out to be a catastrophic decision for them. I mean, you just look at their passing game, you can see how much they're missing that guy and how much he's added to the Eagles offense. And it's opened up things for Devontae Smith, and it's opened up things for Dallas Scott. And for Jalen Hurts to be able to take advantage of him and be able to utilize him in that way is huge. And it's not going to be a huge game for A.J. Brown every week. I think that's kind of a misconception that we have generally about number one receivers, that they need to dominate every week. I mean, there are very few guys that do that. Justin Jefferson is is one, um, but it's rare that guys are able to do that. The, the, the thing about having a number one receiver is what we have seen from A.J. Brown is they make it easier for everybody else. Even when AJ's not putting up big numbers, even when he's not having huge statistical performances, Devontae Smith is, or Goddard is, or Quez Watkins is, as you've seen the last couple of weeks with Goddard out. And you just knew AJ Brown was gonna was gonna be huge yesterday. You just knew he was gonna have a big day. He's been tremendous. And what a performance from him as well, as the Eagles just carve up that Tennessee secondary. And it's gotta be really frustrating, man. Not just for Tennessee fans. But for people within that organization, like, all he had to do was, after that trade was made, listen to Mike Vrabel's comments. Mike Vrabel was not in support of trading A.J. Brown. Like, there's just no doubt. I mean, that was a cost-cutting decision. That was an organizational decision. And one that Tennessee's really going to regret. I mean, they might win that division. I mean, that division, terrible. They probably should win it. But, you know, to be a real Super Bowl contender, uh, I mean, you forget, that team was the one seed last year. They were the one seed in the AFC. You take A.J. Brown off that offense, and it's it's just completely different. They have no explosion. They have nothing aside from Derrick Henry. And for the Eagles to blow out a team like that is what's most impressive. And that's what means more. Like, that game meant more to me than if the Eagles were to blow out Indianapolis or blow out Green Bay. Like, yeah, you'd rather see them blow out bad teams and let them hang around. But I do think there's an aspect to, to when a team knows they're significantly better than their opponent, sometimes they play down to their level. It's not an excuse. It's just the reality of, of how it happens in the league because the seasons are so long and it is so hard to be your best every week. But the Eagles were clearly up for this game. They clearly knew this was a big test and they were up for it. Tremendous on offense and also tremendous on defense. And it's time we start giving some more credit to Jonathan Gannon. And I mean, I want to, you know, get into a whole thing here about Seth Joyner. But it's it's honestly ridiculous at this point. And I know people were asking, after the Eagles lost to Washington a couple weeks ago, should Jonathan Gannon be fired? And it's just idiotic. Like, it's just idiotic. 
Get over it. I mean, th this is just people with an axe that grind. Because they're wrong about Jonathan Gannon. They were wrong about him last year, which I told you last year. Did I think he could have been more aggressive at times? Sure. But that was not a very talented defense. You see what's happened this year with a lot more talent on that defense. The team's performing a lot better. And Gannon is being more aggressive. And for Seth Joyner to be crying during the game about, you know, the Eagles giving up a fourth and seven, like, okay, sorry, it's going to happen. They held Tennessee to 10 points. They shut Derrick Henry down. They did what they were supposed to do as a defense. And I don't understand why, and it's this isn't just in regards to Seth, because there are a lot of other people who continue to bang this Jonathan Grannon drum, and it's just so stupid. It's so lazy. It's 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 just so 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 idiotic. But it's like just admit you were wrong, man. Like just admit you were wrong. The defense is good. It's one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're keeping this team in games week after week. They had a bad game against Green Bay. It's going to happen. But this defense is very good. And they played very well this year. And you saw it again yesterday. And for them to shut down Derrick Henry the way that they did, uh, very, very impressive. And I look at this team now, I just don't know how you could have any favor coming out of the NFC. And obviously, you look at what happened yesterday. Um, and you never want to see anybody get hurt. Um, but this is a massive injury to Jimmy Garoppolo that affects this conference and therefore affects the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Brock Purdy came in, the former Iowa State quarterback. I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't see much of that game. Um, played well enough for the Niners to, to win the football game. Um, but I don't think that's a guy that's taking them to the Super Bowl. They have a great defense, but offensively, they need help there. It'll be interesting to see what happens. The Panthers release Baker Mayfield. He's got to clear through waivers. Uh, the Niners near the end of the waiver priority. And I don't think Baker's great. He's better than Brock Purdy. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Niners pick Baker Mayfield up. Uh, maybe give him a couple weeks. And if Baker Mayfield's your starting quarterback, moving forward. But you look at the NFC right now. That injury changes my perspective on who's most dangerous the Eagles. Because I would have told you before that game, it's the Niners. The way they play. the defensive nature of their team um the job D'Amico Ryans has done on that side of the ball tremendous Kyle Shanahan I think is one of the more underrated head coaches in the NFL uh, but now I look at it and I kind of take them out of the equation I don't think the quarterback play is going to be good enough I think it's Minnesota and I think it's Dallas and and I won't give up on Tampa Bay either yet uh, they're, they're to play tonight against New Orleans I expect them to roll over the New Orleans tonight the line's only three I don't get it. Um, I know Tampa Bay hasn't played great lately, but they're at home. This is a game they need. This is typically a spot where Tom Brady comes out and reminds you why he's the greatest quarterback of all time, and I still think he has those kind of games in him. So I think Tampa Bay wins that one handily, and I, I'm never going to be comfortable playing against Tom Brady in a playoff scenario. But as far as teams that hang with the Eagles, I don't think you can just say, well, Minnesota earlier in the year, so they'll kill him again. I still think Minnesota is a scary opponent because of what they have offensively, but it's Dallas. And, you know, people might not want to admit that Dallas is a factor. People might not want to admit that Dallas is a threat, but they are. They're really potent offensively. You saw it last night. Now, I know a lot of those points against Indianapolis came in garbage time. They scored 54 points. Um, 33 of those came in the fourth quarter, though. 
but it's still a dynamic offense. And that game on Christmas Eve is going to be huge. And you do kind of forget that the Eagles haven't even clinched this division yet. It makes these games leading up to the Dallas game really important. So the way it projects now, the Eagles have at the Giants this week. Then they go to the Bears. If you win both those games, you could render that Christmas Eve game relatively, I mean, not meaningless, but as long as you win your other games, you're fine. Like, you're you're not going to have to worry too much about beating Dallas on Christmas Eve because I do think that's a tough game. Um, and I do think that's going to be a difficult game for the Eagles to win. Uh, but Dallas is dangerous. And uh, anybody who – and this is where we as fans can't be too provincial. And if you've listened to me before, you know I, I think the Dallas hate stuff is just always ratcheted up to the point where it's, it's kind of phony. But they're a good team. Like, it's not – it's not a ridiculous statement to say they're a good team. They are a good team and they are a scary team and they probably are the, the next best team in the NFC to the Eagles at this point. And it's going to be interesting to see how that Christmas Eve game plays out because the Eagles desperately need to put themselves in a position where they have home field advantage. And it's crazy that you're 11 and one, but you're sitting here. And if you stumble against the giants and you lose on Christmas Eve, all of a sudden you could not only not win, not be the one seed, you could not even win your division. And you could be starting off on the road. And that's why these next few games for the Eagles are critical. I mean, I don't anticipate them stumbling. I think they will be the Giants. I think they will be the Bears. And I think they will be Dallas because I think they're extremely well coached. But these next two games are really critical to give you a little margin for error. To not make that so that game is not the end-all, be-all. You need to at least win these next two games against the Giants and the Bears, but a really impressive performance from the Eagles. You look at some of the other things around the NFL. I mentioned Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes earlier. Huge win for Cincinnati. I mean, Joe Burrow is so much fun to watch. He He's completely changed the trajectory of that organization. And you look at what a quarterback can mean to an organization, how important they are. That's really the prime example, is both, both sides. Look at what Mahomes has done to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are a good organization with Andy before that but could never get over the hump because the quarterback play, Alex Smith was fine, but not a guy who could have sent you to that level. And Cincinnati just shows you, I mean, it's all about the quarterback, man. I mean, Joe Burrow has been phenomenal, and that was a really big win for them yesterday to take a stranglehold of that division. Um, the Ravens able to win, but the Ravens just look like they are stumbling to the finish line right now. Uh, but Cincinnati, uh, a threat to go back in the AFC, and it kind of surprised me. I, I thought they were going to have, a bit of a letdown year following their, their tremendous season going to the Super Bowl last year. But they bounced back in a big way, and they looked really, really good um, against the Chiefs yesterday in that victory. So uh, obviously a big win for them. Uh, you look at the NFC, the Vikings get past the Jets. Really close game. Game in the Jets for one. Man, Mike White's playing some good football. The Jets are playing so inspired. I mean, it's clear. That they just despise Zach Wilson. I mean, completely. Everybody in that in that locker room, uh, the way they have rallied behind Mike White, and that was a really entertaining game. And then the Giants in Washington uh, come out with a tie. Now I'll talk about this a lot more when I'm on tomorrow night on on 94 WIP. Time to get rid of ties in the NFL. It's just no. It, it doesn't satisfy anybody. Nobody wants to see a tie. Just get rid of it. Move on and get to the point where there's a winner and loser of every game. It's not gonna you know. Uh, kill anybody from a health perspective to play a few more minutes. So uh, that was my my takeaway from from most of the games uh, yesterday. And the Eagles clearly 
the favorite in the NFC. Now, before we get out of here, I did want to address the breaking news right before I came on. I'm just getting uh, ready to come up do this podcast, and I see a tweet from Jeff Passan that the Phillies agree to terms with Trey Turner on an 11-year contract worth $300 million. Now, you look at Trey Turner, he's going to be the shortstop, obviously. Bryson Stott will move to second. I think this probably closes the book on a Gene Segura return. I mean, I would still love Gene Segura to return in some form. As you know, I'm not a big Reese Hoskins guy. I'd be fine with trading Reese Hoskins. And moving Alec Bohm to first and playing Segura at third, are you giving up a little bit of power? Maybe, but I think you're just a more well-rounded club that way. And one thing that people don't realize about Trey Turner, he's got more pop than you'd think. Now, I don't think this is something we should overthink. You know, I know Kosh Schwerber did pretty well in the leadoff spot last year, at least from a power standpoint. Um, he likes hitting leadoff. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink this. Trey Turner should be your leadoff hitter. He is a guy who can get on base, can wreak havoc on the base pass. You want him on as much as possible. Trey Turner should be your leadoff hitter. Move Schwarber down. I would the, the way I'd probably structure my lineup here. Um, and this is if Hoskins is back. If we're taking it as if Reese Hoskins is back, and you know, obviously Bryce Harper's going to miss some time, I would have Trey Turner be my leadoff hitter. I kind of like JT in the two hole. Hit Schwarber third until Bryce returns, you know, and and kind of go from there beyond that. Maybe Hoskins fourth, Boom fifth. But when Bryce returns, put him in the three hole, um, and put Schwarber fourth, and really give. Bryce some protection, but I think Trey Turner's got to be your leadoff hitter. I love the signing. I think he's the perfect move. And, and John Middleton deserves a lot of credit, man. I mean, this guy has put his money where his mouth is. He said how much he wanted to win. Many were skeptical, myself included, but he's proven it. And to go out and make this move, this is a big one. And Trey Turner's a hell of a player. And he's going to really solidify the middle of that infield. He's going to solidify the top of that order. And I'm excited about the Phillies bringing him in. Um, so obviously a huge move there for the Phils as they move forward this offseason. Uh, but now I think the, the attention needs to go to obviously the pitching staff. You need to add a starter. I mean, Carlos Rodon would be tremendous. That's a lot of money, though. I, I think if you're spending big money on a starter this offseason, I think it's got to be extending out. You look at some of the money that's been thrown out there. You look at the contract that DeGrom got with all the injury concerns in Texas. You look at what Justin Verlander, you miss that. He's going to the Mets. If Nola hits free agency, you're going to be on the hook for a lot more next year. So I would get him locked up now. If you need to kind of piece together the end of the rotation to start of the year, that's what you got to do. You got Nola, you got Wheeler, you got Ranger. Um, you obviously lose Zach Eflin. You lose Kyle Gibson, um, Bailey Falter, I guess, could could be in the mix. And then Andrew Painter, from what I've heard um, around the organization, is a guy they're very high on and a guy they think could compete for a starting rotation spot in spring training next year. So uh, obviously you got to look at the pitching staff. You sign a mid-level guy, I think that's fine. But you need to lock Noel up. You really do. And I know his last three starts of the postseason were not good. Game two against San Diego, he gives up a four-run lead. Game one of the World Series was not very good. Phil's rounded back to win. And then, you know, game game four, I think he was just a little out of gas. But I think you really need to, to bring him back and really need to lock him up 
long-term. So that's where my attention would go at this point, but a huge start, huge move to, to sign Trey Turner and a great day to be a Philadelphia sports fan. The Eagles favorites in the NFC Phil's uh, really, really improved their club and a really good day for fans. So uh, I'm Tom Kelly. I'll be back on WIP overnight tomorrow night, Tuesday into Wednesday. I haven't done that shift in a while. Looking forward to it. So I'll talk to you then. Thank you all to listening to Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK, Dom Kelly. Have a great week. uh, And I'll talk to you tomorrow night on WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.